Good morning, data leaders. Paul from the Data Storytellers here. And today I'm with Jonas Blomqvist, who's the head of analytics and data at Scandinavian Airlines. Great to have you with us. And I hope I didn't butcher your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much. It's, uh, I'm happy to be here. Perfect. So just to start with, tell us a bit about yourself in a, in a few words. Yeah, in a few words, maybe quite a few words. If I, if I try to explain my background here and my journey within this, uh, within this, in, within this field. Uh, I started out, yeah, almost 20 years ago or more than 20 years ago to be more precise as a general IT consultant at a company named Capgemini. And I worked, you know, with, with different development activities, different kind of uh, platforms before I decided to specialize more within business intelligence and data warehousing. So I worked at that company for, I think, about six years before I decided to join a company called Stretch that, is, uh, that was more specialized within SAP and SAP Business Works. So I have a really strong background within uh, business intelligence uh, within, this, uh, within the SAP platform. So I worked uh, at that company for, for several years and uh, I had different consultancy assignments at uh, pretty huge companies such as Son Ericsson, PostNord, which is the Swedish postal office, Eon and, and uh, almost six years at Ericsson. Uh, in different roles within their analytical uh, community. And during this, uh, these years of uh, consultancy work, I, I also you know, got more and more internal responsibility working both as a manager and, and working with sales within, uh, within this company. Short period uh, at another specialist company called Eins before I joined the, the big Swedish retailer Ica. Mm. So that was my years as a consultant, and uh, then I, I can skip forward and tell you a bit more about my live manager experience. So I started out uh, at IKEA as a delivery manager, and uh, within IKEA I was responsible for everything related to the data platforms, development, you know, ma maintenance and operation of solutions and, and data capabilities. I also participated in uh, different steering groups where we like we were driving implementation of self-service BI capabilities such as Tableau, a really interesting project. Uh, I was also part of uh, different uh, forums working with uh, data governance questions and uh, data management questions and master data questions. So a really good and great experience uh, within uh, ICA Sweden. But you know, during that time, it uh, I, I worked mainly within IT and, and focusing quite a lot on on uh, you know deliverables, development, securing that we had the right capabilities, right resources, and and that we that we had the. Uh, good ways of working and, and, and that we were really efficient in, in the development and, and delivery process. So I worked there for a couple of years as well before I took this position at, uh, at SAS. 
and I started out at SAS uh, prior to the pandemic, but uh, I only managed to work for almost a year before the pandemic hit. Though. So we have had a quite special situation at SAS. But uh, at SAS, uh, just to give some more context, I'm responsible for the department that provides uh, both data and solutions and technical capabilities in the close collaboration with uh, all of our different business areas. So we're working really cross-functional, both within IT, supporting you know, other departments within IT with their product development, but also directly against different analytical functions providing uh, data so that they can you know, get the insights and take the right decisions and optimize their business uh, to as much extent as possible. Uh, so that's my current role at uh, SAS. I can just mention as well, maybe it's not that important in this context, but uh, uh, since the last reorganization, I'm also responsible for our integration area. So it's, it's not only data and data management these days, but it's also quite a lot related to integration and integration capabilities and everything we do related to API management, etc. So... Mm. Quite a broad role within uh, within SAS. Yeah, and quite a broad background as well. As you said, you've been working in this field for the better part of, of, of 20 years, right? So yeah. <laughs> throughout your time of consulting and, and now working at SAS and, and the other roles you mentioned, what what does BI mean to you? What what is the value that BI can bring and and what do you, what do you perceive business intelligence to be? Yeah, it's it's uh... These days, it's, uh, I think it's, it's uh, to be honest, pretty much like a foundation and, 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 and hygiene factors these days that you need to be in control of your data, you need to be in control of, uh, of your, what data your business processes creates and how the data is uh, modeled and combined and, and the value that the data can, can give your organization. So the business intelligence is... Uh, very much hygiene factors, so you need to invest in it, you need to be in control of the data, and you need to be able to provide the data to all the different stakeholders you have within your organization, because without the data and without the insights created, uh, you're kind of lost these days. So it's, it's, it's very much something that you have to spend time and, and money and, and invest in uh, 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 when you run the company, when you run the a complex uh, business model as ours. And I imagine we'll get into the some of the best practices and the common pitfalls that you've seen throughout your career on best on business intelligence implementation engagement. What makes you want to work with business intelligence every day? You know, you've been doing it for 20 years, so I'd like to think that you, you do enjoy it. What, <laughs> what's, what's, the, what's the catch for you? I think the catch for me is, is the complexity and that uh, it's, it's a never-ending story. You're never done. Uh, when you work with data and, and, and uh, trying to gather data, model data, secure data quality and provide the data uh, in, 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 in a huge enterprise or organization, your, everything is constantly changing. So you need to keep track of what's evolving, what's changing, ways of working, processes, uh, 
application, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time, you need to focus on how can we modernize what we have? How can we give the business even more technical capabilities to do their work even better and more efficient? So it's, it's a constant struggle to keep all of these different dimensions uh, up and running. And, and, uh, and, and that's, that's something that drives, that is really interesting from my perspective and, and uh, that, that makes this area never dull. It's, it's, always, uh, it's always interesting and it's always something new coming up and it's always changes that, that impacts your, your life and your solution and your platforms. And, and that's really interesting. And especially these days when top executive understands the value of the data and, and what, uh, how this data can actually transform your business and, and uh, create new value and new solutions, new products and, and how it can impact your business model, then that makes it even more interesting for sure. Absolutely. So can you tell us about a time that you, you affected organizational change, whether it's in your current role or, or previously, you know, what, what, what you and the BI team contributed to that, how you got the engagement and, you know, maybe how that translated into real business success? Yeah, it's, it's uh, many times when you work in a data team with, with technical capabilities, it's always like you, you, you do it together with the business stakeholders and, and the analyst team. So I like to see ourselves like uh, a foundation and an enabler to, to, uh, to get the organization self-sufficient uh, with, with uh, the insights and the solutions in many cases. So when, when we get the most value out of what we do is when we, when we actually take data, enterprise data, and make it easily available and understandable, and at the same time give the business the tools needed, like proper self-service analytical tools as Power BI or Tableau or anything else on top of this quality-secured enterprise data, then you can really see how the organization becomes more and more data-driven by itself, more or less. So because the business themselves, they want the data, they need the data because they have the questions from their management. They need to, to understand how the market is behaving. They need to understand which products that are profitable. They need to understand how we should maximize our revenue, et cetera, et cetera. So if you provide the right data, the right tooling, you know, you will get that the data-driven organization. And I've seen that uh, several times uh, that, that it happens. And uh, it, 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 uh, it's, it's really pleasing and, and uh, nice to, to, to watch each and every time that you are in an organization mm. that really adopts and, 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 and utilize the power of data and technology to, to improve the, the business. Mm. No, but if you want want us to be more want me to be more specific, I uh, maybe we can talk a bit about yeah implementing self service tools and, and capabilities because then you go from as I try to say here from you know building old traditional more silo oriented BI solutions when you tr when you actually build more or less a reporting solution or a dashboard solution for a specific audience, for a few stakeholders. And mm. you really adopt the business logic and, and everything according to their specific requirements. 
if you try to break that down and, and more build the data foundation and, and you, you build the data foundation so you can start to combine data from different areas of the business. And, and when mm. you give the power to the, commu the business community to combine the data themselves and actually build the solutions and, and gain the insights, that's when you get the real exponential growth of your investments. Mm. And sometimes I wish I could measure that uh, growth and, and, and what that means and, and the value of it, because that's, that's many times a bit difficult. Mm. And you give me like a ton of questions that I want to, I want to pick your brain <laughs> out for this. So yeah. first of all, you mentioned data-driven, how would you define data-drivenness? You know, what, what do you think at the heart of it, it, it means to be data-driven? No, but it, it, it's, uh, of course, you, you know, the more traditional view on it and, and how you define it is that, you know, you, you shouldn't use the gut feeling to take decisions. You need to be able to, you can have a gut feeling, you can have different scenarios, you can have different alternatives when you take a decision. But if, you, if you're supposed to be data-driven, you need to be able to, uh, to, to not maybe prove it, but at least have the data available that shows that this is actually the right the right direction or the right decision and and uh, then you need you need those capabilities and and you need the data available so you can actually not only guess what's the best choice for us but you can actually prove it or highlight it and and maybe do some a b tests and or or uh, other activities to to actually prove that this is this is what we should do, and this is actually based on our customer behavior, our customer segmentation, or the revenue uh, that that uh, that that we get from uh, from these different alternatives. And, and again, and when just... people start to ask them, yeah, but but it, I think also it's it's very much a culture when mm. uh, when people are not satisfied just by thinking or guessing or or just discussing things in the meeting and decide something when they want to have data and they want to understand the underlying data that actually it's the is is uh, the decision material for a specific decision and they ask those questions that's when you start to to understand that these these people and this organization and this culture is actually driven by by data and that's that's something that i believe everyone is, is trying to achieve these days. Yeah, and, and this, this podcast in itself is kind of a metaphor for data culture in itself because when I'm asking you, what I'm asking you is the tip of the iceberg and then you give me, mm. like under the surface, there's tons more going on, which again, I really want to get into. You, you also mentioned the, the data foundations earlier and this is absolutely paramount. So what role do you think that data analytics leaders, whether that's in bigger organizations like the, the chief data officers or heads of functions outside of data, what role do you think that these guys play in the, the, the building these foundations? Yeah, but but the leaders uh, in, within this area, it's, it's it's really important to understand. You know, not only technology, but 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 data such and and the business, and you need leaders that uh, that uh, has the right commitment and the right network on 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 executive level within an organization to be able to to dr drive the transformation change needed to get the most value out of the investment so so that's something that is i, I believe really really important uh, and and 
And another thing that I think is important to drive change and, and is, is to keep persistence because change takes extremely long time within a cross-functional area like this. Because when you, when you work with, uh, with, uh, with, with, with changes and, and new ways of working and, and trying to implement another culture or being more data driven, you know, a, a company organization, it's always, you know, you have different maturity levels within different areas and, and change takes time. So you need to be, have leaders that, that believe in, in the long-term objective and, 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 and that has the persistence to drive the change over time and, and secure that they have the right uh, that they have the right uh, mandate to do so as well. So that's something that I believe is is uh, is really really important. Mm. And maybe another thing uh, that came to my mind is, if you are a leader within this field, you 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 need to be at the same time really pragmatic because we have a lot of people talking about the nirvana of things, you know, the end state and and. Uh, uh, that's that's something that you can steer against, but this is as I said in the beginning, a journey that never ends. And what we have to do is to secure that we deliver value during the transformation and during the change, because people are tired of waiting. You know, like ten years ago, or I don't even remember now, everyone was talking about building these, you know, huge, enormous enterprise data warehouses, and give me fifty million sec or or five million pounds or or euros or whatever and in five years you will have everything in place and everything will be perfect no one would have that uh, uh, no, no one is waiting for that these days you need to be able to provide data and value constantly daily that's what's expected you never so get the, the time barrier to... to that. Then, do you think in for data transformation leaders to keep constantly increasing, uh, you know, showing this value? What do you think is the biggest challenge to, to doing that? Yeah, the biggest challenge is, uh, I, I believe, in, in many organizations, is to, to get the funding needed and that the people understands that this is the value is not always created by by you know in this organization or the organization driving you know data implementation working with data governance working with data models technical capabilities the value is created out there in the organization and it's not always easy to measure that and you know give the kpis on that that the, we we've created the value of, of this amount of money over this uh, number of years it's just something that we need to spend time in and, and invest in over time. So getting that mandate to, to do that over time is, is, is extremely important. And then you need to balance what we talked about a bit earlier. You need to balance, you know, the time you spend on the old, you know, boring stuff like lifecycle management activities. You need to keep your platforms up to date. You need to modernize, you need to go cloud, you maybe want to transform your data models so you can combine data in an easier way. You need to, you need to work with the data lake uh, concepts. You need to do that at the same time as you take care of your, your legacy platforms, as you take care of minor development and, and changes throughout the organization. So you need to balance all of these different dimensions and aspects at the same time and and that's something uh, that is uh, not always uh, easy 
Yeah. And a bit of a wishful thinking question here, but yeah. assuming that funding wasn't the issue and you were responsible for a, you know, a data function at a large company, where would you put the majority of that money? Would you put it into hiring good people? Would you put it into uh, you know, a new data warehouse? What would, what would be your number one goal? Where's the, what I'm asking is what is the biggest opportunity do you think for ambitious companies? I think it's it's always boils down to to competence and people uh, and, and building good teams that they not only understand the technology but but also understands the business and 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 the data such and that takes time so you need to you need to work with retention you need to to build a good culture you need to involve people and 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 uh, your employees and consultants need to feel that they are a part of something bigger and that they what they do is is creating real value uh, and so people and and the culture is extremely important technology is is, is uh, an enabler for sure but you know we have had technology around for quite some time and we still struggle with some basic stuff like you know shared definitions data governance uh you know, data quality and, and, and the roles and ways of working, all those, you know, things are, are still something we work with and can improve, even though technology is, uh, is uh, way more powerful full and, and the capacity is, is, uh, is uh, you know, I couldn't anticipate, you know, the capacity we have today when I started out in this business, but still we have problems with performance sometimes which is a bit interesting because we create so much more data, right? And we crunch the data in, 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 uh, in another way as well. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pleasure a of things. issues, right? Um, yeah. You mentioned earlier empowerment, which is something I really want to get into. What other qualities do you think uh, the, the leaders possess, the good leaders possess, those who inspire that real change and those who are successful at driving positive transformation within data. You mentioned empowerment. What other qualities do you think that are important here? For a leader to drive the change. That's right, yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, uh, I mentioned it a bit, you know, be, being uh, having that huge network and, 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 and the right commitment within the organization is extremely important and it's also you know building a leader that can build uh, you know that the trust and, and and awareness needed and and get that mandate to be involved in you know all the different strategic initiatives uh, within within the company because you know it's it's uh, if you are supposed to succeed as a, as a leader and, and, and as a tra transformation leader uh, within this area, you need to be involved more or less in all decisions impacting, you know, the enterprise-wide data strategy and decisions related to technical capabilities, etc. Because otherwise, it's it's really difficult to to steer, you know, against this long-term vision with with the, your roadmap. And, and securing that you actually can build the competence and, and technology you need to support all of these different requirements. Because, you know, more than one time in my career, you know, I've seen that it's, it's very easy for to take deviations from, you know, the path because it's, uh, if, if you buy a product, if you want to implement something, it's very easy to go for, you know, the 
custom built or, or the pre-built stuff and pre-built data models, pre-built solutions, pre-built algorithms provided by an external supplier vendor. And, and, and that can be sometimes excellent and it can be the right strategic decision and it, it can be stuff that we can't build ourselves, but it still has to be a cautious decision. And it, you need to take that into consideration how that impacts your long-term enterprise data strategy and, and the technical capabilities that you're trying to provide for the organization. So that's something that you, you need to be able to manage uh, for sure. Mm. And you mentioned trust there. What are some of the, well, actually, first of all, before we go into trust, I wanted to just ask you about deviating. And you mentioned that there's all these shiny tools and, and technologies out there. What do you find is best, not necessarily to keep somebody on the path, but to bring someone back into the fold of, you know, this is great, but here's the, here's the, um, you know, here's what we need to do. Here's the path we need to follow. Let's stick to it. Um, what kind of, what kind of skills and, and communication styles do you use for that? I think it's a tricky one, and, and uh, but I think you know it all. It, it uh, many times you know you need to to build that trust, and you can build that trust by always you know delivering and 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 providing solutions and supporting the different uh, key stakeholders within your organization, so that you you are seen as someone that that solves problem and that supports their needs in, instead of someone that uh, becomes a bottleneck when it comes uh, and, and uh, a hinder for, for development and, and new solutions and, and, and new technology implementations, et cetera, et cetera. So always trying to deliver on, on promises and deadlines, you know, and, and, and also realize that you, you, you need to be humble and you need to, tr- try to understand you know, where, where others come from and, and why they want to deviate from the path. And if you can find a way to both secure short-term objectives and business value needed and, and without compromising too much on, on the path and, and, and your long-term objectives. But sometimes you need to do that, but then you need to take a, a decision and you need to change your long-term ambition and you need to revise uh, what you're currently doing. And, and that happens uh, all of the time, I believe. And, and that's also something that all of us these days need to adopt to, that that change is, is extremely fast. And, and you don't know how it will, things will work in three to five years. Uh, mm. So you, you can have, an, as I said, you can, have, you can have a direction that you steer against, but then you need to, to be able to take new decisions down the path yeah. and, and change your mind and, and, and get new insights and, uh, and, and listen to others who knows more uh, sometimes than your, yourself. Yeah. So being humble, I think, is, uh, is extremely important within this area. Yeah. You never know everything about these things. Mm. And I think that you mentioned humility, but a lot of the actions you were describing there were, were more about being assertive and being courageous. And it's, it's really difficult because you need to be able to walk the path and have the, the courage and the assertiveness to walk that path, but also have the humility to, to realize that, the, you know, like you said, external things change, internal things change. People might get let yeah. go. Business might not be so good. There might be less funding for it. You know, you need to be able to, to really adapt and, and evolve. And I think that while you need to be humble, you should never be too humble and you should always, you know, be proud and, and, and assertive about what you're doing is right. Um, which is, I guess, where we're going to talk about more the soft skill side of things. So how important do you think of things like communication, persuasion, storytelling 
in terms of building fruitful relationships with these key stakeholders? Ah, oh, but it's uh, it's it's uh, it's very important, you know. And uh, like I said, you know, building that trust, and it it uh, it boils down to that that you you can communicate and you 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 can present your visions and uh, why we exist and 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 the purpose of of these uh, initiatives in a way that is understandable and, and makes sense from more sea level management uh, aspect as well. And that is not always easy. And I can see that for myself, you know, be having a background more as a developer, solution architect, architect, project leader, uh, line manager with, with the most focusing on development and delivery deliverables and technology, you know, getting more and more into strategic and technical questions. It's, it's, it's not always easy to talk the same language as, you know, top executives in, in, in big organizations. So trying to understand this as the bigger picture is, is uh, of course, important. But at the same time, when needed, bring in external help, bring in people who, who have done similar Changes uh, initiatives uh, at at uh, other companies with the great success. Uh, don't hesitate to ask for help. Uh, don't hesitate to 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 utilize you know uh, external know how for 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 your own organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's that's something that you can always do. Absolutely. So, can you tell us about a time that these skills played into your success as a as, as a you know a business intelligence leader, uh, you know an analytics leader, you know maybe a time that there was a program that needed to get back on track, or a time where you needed to spread data literacy, for example, or change just the behaviour of key stakeholders, maybe something like that. I think my consultancy background has always helped me a lot. You know, being able to talk to different person and in different ways, I can talk to you know DBAs and and developers and and you know top management people and and adjusting you know my my uh, how do you say that my my message based a bit mm. on you know the stakeholder that i am talking to and you know uh, on the audience and and what i want to achieve you mentioned trust earlier as well and this is something else i wanted to ask what do you think are the best questions to ask when you want to build trust yeah when i want to build trust you know it's it's uh, not trying to 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 you know, uh, not trying to show and 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 that you understand everything and 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 know everything and have the the right answers and solutions in place. You know, instead try to to ask the questions to find you know the root cause to things. Why why is this question important for you in your organization? What is what, what where does this question come from? Uh, what is driving uh, your organization and, and uh, yourself asking me this question? Uh, what does it originate from? Is it uh, and then try to by being curious and, and, and asking questions, trying to find the root cause to things. And then also extremely important when you work within IT, don't believe that you can fix everything with uh, the, the technical capability and solution that you're responsible for and have in place. Sometimes, you know, the best thing you can do is, I, I totally understand this. Uh, 
this is something that we need to address, but we need to involve other colleagues from other departments, or we need to look at this together with some external vendor supplier, because this is something that we don't have in place today. And this is something that is not really suited for, for the services and, and, and platforms and solutions that, uh, that we provide. So that's, that's one thing we, we uh, try to do, and I, I try to do at least, and just involve the right people and from the beginning. Okay, so two follow-up questions from that then, and probably one I should have asked at the start. First of all, what do you see your role across the business? You know, are you a champion for data? Are you a change agent? Are you, you know, the go-to data guy, the data educator, let's say? Where do you see that role would be my first question. I think if you ask uh, my, this current organization, uh, I think we're mainly seen as the, the data guys, you know, the data providers. If you need new data and if you need data being modeled and, and being provided and or being pushed to external parties or other internal parties, uh, we are the go-to department. So I think that's how we are seen. And then we try to transform ourselves more into not only providing the data, but, but also providing more and more know-how about how we can work with the data, how we can combine data, how we can visualize data, how we can work with data storytelling, as you talked a bit about earlier. So we build quite a lot of management dashboards uh, and, and, and uh, visualizations, et cetera, et cetera, in, in the Power BI uh, and, and the other things as well. Mm. So we try to do both when it comes to, uh, to data. And another thing that we're working with quite a lot and we'll, we'll focus even more on going forward is the whole governance aspect of data. You know, how should we drive governance on an enterprise level across different business mm. departments without, you know, decreasing the self-service uh, aspects of things. You, you want the business and the organization to be able to, uh, to, to get hold of the data needed and, and uh, build their own solutions and, and get the insights, et cetera, et cetera. But mm. at the same time, you need to manage the governance and secure that you do this in a, in a safe and secure way. So finding that balance uh, is, is, is crucial for us. Because otherwise, you know, we will soon be seen as the data guys who, who, who are a bottleneck uh, because they will not be able to provide us with, with everything we need. Mm. So that's something we, we for sure want to avoid here. Uh, so that's a good question as well about the, the governance side of things. Do you think it's better to send the team out, so to speak, on particular missions. Say you've got a team of BI developers and you want to send them yeah. out to particular functions and, and plant those guys in. Or do you think it's better to let the data come to you, so to speak, and then you can sort it and rejig it and get the insights from it and send those back out? I think, uh, I think uh, what we are aiming for is to, to you know, try to get away from you know the the, the organizational boundaries uh, how you work and how mm. you provide solutions and insights and more try to 
be more team driven and data driven and you know combine the right people from other parts of the IT organization with people from my team with, with people from the data scientist team together with the business stakeholders mm. and, and 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 work together uh in a more team oriented way. That's what we try to, to achieve. But then at the same time, we need to consider and take care of the, the cross-functional aspects of it as well. We need to we, we need to secure architectural considerations. We need to secure, you know, total cost of ownership. We need to secure governance aspects of this, but try to work as close to business, as as close to the real questions, the real problems, the real business value as possible. So that that's what we are aiming for. But to be able to do that in an efficient way, you need to have some foundation, you mm. know, cross some foundation in place, both when it comes to data and and, and ways of working and and uh, platforms and technology. So, do you have that's, a system in place to help you and the team when you want to execute a project or execute an idea? Do you have a system in place to help you with that? How to approach it, you mean? Uh, yes, from, exactly. Uh, from a more way of working uh, mm -hmm. uh, pro process perspective. Yeah, we, we have our ways of working, and, and, uh, but, but we're currently, you know, during the pandemic now, we have changed the way of working quite drastically. We used to work in a more old school uh, project management office, this uh, program project set up prior to the pandemic, mm -hmm. but we have changed that and transformed ourselves more into uh, a team-driven approach. We try to build more autonomous teams, being you know more end-to-end -end responsible for uh, requirements, prioritization, and development. So that's what we have today we have more like one huge team working with the backlog uh, we, we prioritize what to do what to do next and we have some governance of course when it comes to how we should do things and and we have an architecture in place for sure and and we work uh, together with with other architects or or tech leads that we call them between different either organizations to build best practice solutions but now when we scale up uh what and that's what we are currently doing we we want to as i said divide you know this this uh, team into maybe more separate data teams working maybe a bit more against different business areas so we can have more focus on 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 certain parts of the business and so that the the team and 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 the engineers as well can understand a certain business area a bit to more in detail mm. because it takes time to understand a, a complex uh, business such as the airline industry and, and what we do. So that's, you know, next step on our journey to divide the team into several data teams and then being able to scale this in, in, uh, in a slightly more efficient way. So that's what we're yeah. aiming for right now. Well, Jonas, you've given me some some really great insights there. I've really enjoyed speaking with you and I've given you a good grill and I think you've held up really well. One last question I do have for you. What advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data and analytics? Yeah, it's, I can just look back and, and you know, from my 
what I've done and, and my career. And, and I, can, I can honestly tell you that I never had any career plan. Uh, and I still don't have any career plan. But, you know, most of my decisions have been, you know, opportunity driven. So I think what, what you need to do here, if, if you are an aspire, uh, uh, someone who wants to work within this field and, and wants to become a leader or, or get other positions within this industry, you, you never have, you, you can't be afraid for, you know, for changes. So try new roles. Tr don't be afraid to try out new technology uh, and, and don't be afraid to test new things uh, if you believe it will be good for you long term. I've done that several times myself, you know, going from one technology stack to another technology stack or going from consultancy business to line manager role or change industries. You need to try out different things to, to, to learn and to grow and to build competence over time. So, so don't be afraid to, to try new things and uh, try to get out of your comfort zone. Great advice, Jonas. But thanks for coming on the show again and look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thank you.